0: John, we've for the past couple of episodes we have done the potential Bengals potential breakout players. Let me try that again. We have been doing 2019 potential Bengals breakout players, and so far I believe I have. Uh, I, I had Billy Price last week. I know, and um, you had last week Alex Erickson. Correct? Yes. And your other, remind me again, was Samuel Hubbard. Okay, that's right. And I am trying to remember who I had for my first one there. Um, that was Jermaine Pratt. Thank you. That's right. Uh, I knew I, I knew I keep you around for for a good reason, my friend. Um, so yes, Jermaine Pratt and Billy Price for me. Sam Hubbard and Alex Erickson for you. So we could either. Shape this around the news of Clint Bowling coming, you know that that came out this week. Or obviously, you have free reign to choose whoever you want, my friend. But uh, who is another potential Bengals breakout player for you in twenty nineteen? Christian
1: Westerman. I I'm just kidding. I mean, he's probably a breakout player. But I'll, for the sake of doing something different, I was thinking of Darius Phillips. Hmm. And there's, a, there's some logic against it, I guess, because of how crowded that cornerback room is right now because you brought back Darkwoods Denard, you brought in B.W. Webb on a multi-year extension, the guy who's familiar with Lou Anarumo and his scheme and his coaching abilities. So you have to figure, like the wide receiver room, the top four are set and that kind of leaves Darius Phillips in some sort of weird purgatory in in terms of what his long-term potential and impact could be because now he's competing with guys like Devontae Harris who was drafted along with him last year in the fifth round. Jordan Brown, he's a new guy there. And then you you have to figure he's probably in that group of who's going to round out that room and whether they keep, you know, five, six, or seven of those guys. But I I like what Phillips showed last year. And I think the amount of playing time that he got amidst the injuries that, you know, Dennard had towards the middle of the season. I think that was crucial for him and, and his growth and development because for start starting off, he was really shaky more of a tackler than a cover, not a guy that you would trust in man-to-man situations. But I look back to his college state. I just, like, watched, like, randomly the other day, and I I forgot about how much of a ball magnet this guy was. And I think he was a former receiver at Western Michigan, similar to a guy like Jordan Brown, just a guy that got hands on a a lot of balls. And he was more of a boundary corner in, in Western Michigan, up against, you know, obviously smaller competition. But, like, the guy just has ball skills. And I think that's something that, obviously, you are very adamant on the Bengals lacking in the secondary, and it's an asset that I think that he can provide. And, you know, for cornerbacks, it it takes him a while to kind of get into a groove in the league and kind of find themselves. But I think not only as a cornerback, but also a returner, something that he was very underutilized last year because they kind of just played it safe with Alex Erickson. But I think there's potential with him just being a more explosive option as a returner. And I think having that in his back pocket should give him an advantage to not only make the final roster, but to be active on game days and potentially make an impact as a cornerback. So you have two guys in the slot that you're comfortable with in Dennard and, and Webb, and I think it gives uh, Phillips more of a chance to be who, who he was best at in college as sort of a ba- boundary corner. and gives him an option behind a, a William Jackson or Drake or Patrick, if God forbid one, one of those guys goes down, and his ability to you know play off coverage at a high level, read quarterback's eyes, and just find the ball, which is something that Bengals cornerbacks have had such a difficult issue doing. So it may not happen in 2019, but I think th- this is a good chance for him to really establish himself as a, a true boundary corner and someone who's more than just a sure tackle, but a, a guy who can cover, who can cover and bump and run situations, but also can be an explosive return guy. So Darius Phillips is my guy this week. So
0: do you see him with your emergence of, with, with your nomination of Alex Erickson? And then now you're nominating Darius Phillips. Do you do you, are you saying that you see Alex Erickson because of a potential increased role on offense? You maybe see a way in for Darius Phillips to be yes. a to be a, a, an effective return man. You know, no more Adam Jones. All these other guys are gone. Maybe Alex Erickson. They don't want him getting injured on return opportunities because he's going to be valuable on offense, do you see then that's the door that Darius Phillips walks into to be a, an effective player for this team this year?
1: Yeah, it's kind of like the cause and effect thing. Like if, if Erickson's more used on offense, they're less likely to use him more as a return man. But he's always a solid one to kind of fall back on if, you know, Phillips suffers an injury or, or, or just whatever. If they just need a solid return from the punter or, or kickoff unit, Erickson's probably your guy. But to have Phillips, who, again, would be the fifth or sixth cornerback, there's less risk with him getting hurt in, the, in those situations but there's potentially a greater reward because he's just a more of an explosive athlete. And honestly in college, he was really damn good at it. And that why I was so confident that he was going to take that job, but eventually, you know, Marvin Lewis, stick with it, stick with the guy, you know, more than the guy you don't. So he never really got that chance. But I do think that, you know, if Erickson is more involved in offense and is asked to play more snaps there, he's less liable or less likely to be a more of a prominent kick return man, which then gives Darius Phillips more of an opportunity there.
0: Yep. Good choice there. I also was tempted to go with offensive line this week because of all this news. Maybe, I mean, that could, that could happen, but I went with offensive line last time. And, uh, you know, I I still think there's just a lot of murkiness there. So it's hard to just go out on a limb and and choose somebody else there. But I'm going to, and I'm probably going to catch hell for this from our listeners or whoever else, but oh, well. I'm going to go with Drew Sample. Uh, I think that Drew Sample is going to be a movable piece in this offense. I think he's going to be a guy that helps out with blocking. I think he's going to be a security blanket for Andy Dalton. And I think now with blocking potentially being even more of an issue with Clint Bowling, I think there's going to be a lot of short passes to a guy like Drew Sample. I think he may line up at H-back. I think he can help out in the run game. I think he's just going to be a Swiss army knife type of guy. And I think he's going to do it better and probably become the guy that the team wanted Ryan Hewitt to be when they tried to use him. Ryan Hewitt was an H back and tight end in college at Stanford and the Bengals tried to use him. They valued him as a blocker. I mean, he was basically playing a fullback type of position at, at six foot five Um and then they, they signed him to a pretty lucrative contract, and then they never gave him the ball. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then they ended up cutting him, which, you know, that whole sequence of events was very odd to me. But I think that this kid, with these offensive minds now in Cincinnati, I think that that's who this kid is going to become. I think he will help out as a blocker in the run game. I think he will help out as maybe a chip tight end, you know, a block chip go off and get a short route and a catch. I think he will move the chains. I think his role will also be very important because we don't know the what the health will be with Tyler Eifert and it, not only in terms of if he'll stay healthy the entire year, but if the Bengals will have him on a pitch count type of thing and if he'll only become a niche player because he continues to get hurt. So, you know, maybe Sample is a guy who is a little bit more to use a football term, the, a between-the-20s type of guy, uh, whereas Eifert is more of the red zone. So maybe Eifert gets gets a little bit more love and, and the, the big plays for touchdowns. But I think this kid will move the chains. I think he will be a critical third-down option. I think he's going to be, like I said, a security blanket for, for Andy Dalton as blocking potentially becomes an issue and as – I, I think you'll see him have an impact right away because, like I said, he's going to be a guy that'll do these short routes, little dump-offs, that sort of thing. And, and this offense is going to be trying to find the rhythm in a new system with new coaches and a lot of new players on it. I think Drew Sample has the ability to become a potential breakout player. I'm not saying he's going to be a Pro Bowl guy, but I think we're going to sit here. We may. We may look, we may in November, look back to April and say, man, we really bitched about this guy being a draft pick and now look at him. Uh, I think that's obviously the hope. I, I don't guarantee it, but I could see this guy having a decent niche in the offense. Called
1: a dumb coincidence, but if the Bengals are going to make a risky draft pick, it might as well be in the second round because you just see the most success there. Now, sans, you know, long-term Jeremy Hill and God bless him, Jake Fisher, like, you know, they they just had dumb luck there. They, they, they've just had the opportunity to draft guys who can contribute immediately, whether it be Joe Mixon on offense or Jesse Bates starting at safety. But Sample's going to get the, the snaps required to, to see what type of player they have in year one. And I think just who he is is more important than who he isn't in, in terms of what impact that he can make. And that's just a very good blocker, very good athlete for his size. And when he's been targeted in an offense and has had accurate balls thrown to him, he's been able to make an impact as a receiver, so I think he's going to have a chance to prove to be a better player than what many of us thought he was. I still am not entirely comfortable drafting him in the second round because I think there were just better tight ends available before he was drafted, but for what he's going to be asked to do and what potential impact he can have with you know a tight end room that's led by Tyler Eifert, I think there's definite chance for a better justification of that pick and just for, for their history of what they had in the second round, it, it's probably not the worst possible case scenario that we could have asked for. I guess.
0: Yeah, I think I think the optimist in me says he didn't get enough opportunities in college to to, and that affected his statistics. And then you have to look at the fact that this is a guy that they feel fits their scheme, and they feel that what he brings, be it as a blocker, be it a, as a movable piece. They think that he can be effective in a variety of different ways. And obviously he's, he's for all of the bad news that has recently come uh, the Bengals' way, uh, especially on offense, he has been the <laughs> guy that has been good news, uh, has, has been giving everybody good news based on his performances in camp. Hopefully he stays healthy and the, and the team can use him in, in effective ways. We're, we're going to get out of here. But Before we do, I have to remind you to get the show how you can. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. You can get it on Megaphone. You can get it on YouTube and sinceyoujungle.com. We appreciate the support. Subscribe to our channels and get all of our programming how you can.